counselors, approach the bench. I have no further witnesses, Your Honor. Curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. Your Honor, I'd like to ask for a recess. Overruled. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and argue for or against the movies being on that list. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're talking about yet another film on that list. The mid-90s action movie, Leon the Professional. Leon the Professional was directed by Luc Besson and released on November 18th, 1994. Starring Jean Renault, Gary Oldman, and Natalie Portman. Before we pop some crazy pills, um, how was your week? Uh, Pretty good. Uh, I saw Nope. And really mm-hmm. enjoyed that movie. I thought uh, it's it's kind of on the same level as Get Out. And really, in a, in a different way. Yeah, like I, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was uh, pretty spectacular. After um, Us was a little bit of a dot for me. Um, I'm, I'm happy to report that Nope is is pretty good. I'll, it's very interesting because I'm getting a lot of mixed mixed reviews about Nope. Some people are saying it's a masterpiece. Some people are saying it's incoherent. And some people are saying they don't understand what the story is about, that the ending was disappointing. So it's like, I don't know, should I watch it in the movie theater or yes. should I just skip it? No, watch it in the theater if you can, uh, because the, the sound alone is, is pretty good. Interesting. I, I think that I, I loved Get Out. Then when I watched Us, I was so disappointed in that film mm-hmm. that it's going to take a lot to make me go and see another of his films because the 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 story was the build up was so good but the end was so horrible yeah um but if you're recommending it i might actually go check it out yeah i also saw memento in the theater uh, on friday and that was that was it's such a good movie i was nice. tired as hell but it's it's such a fun movie okay. i think it's one of those um weird movies that stands the test of time mm-hmm. because no matter when you start watching it it's just a well written well executed film um and you know it's so fascinating and the twist at the end is really really intriguing yeah. um but yeah, it's, a, it's such a good mystery, such a good mystery. Yeah, well constructed, and it, it's it's also a prime example of uh, how, how how important editing is to keep you kind of wondering. Right? Yeah, because the non-linear thing. Yeah, if you watch it in sequence, which I've done before in the past, uh, in the special edition DVDs, they had a, a hidden feature where you can watch it in sequence, mm-hmm. and uh, it. It's a strange movie <laughs> that way. It's not really that that exciting because the twist happens in the middle. Right? Yeah, really? Yeah. Interesting. I haven't seen it in sequence, but I know about the feature. Um, but I never, I, I, I think I only wanted to see it from the director's intent and I never wanted to see it from that specific way because the movie is spectacular in, in, in the original form and it never occurred to me that, you know, Maybe I should see how it should be. I, I, it's just, it's fascinating. I I thought it was an excellent film when I watched yep. it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, from on my end, it's my daughter's first birthday. We've kept her alive for one whole year, um, and we've just been uh, trying to figure out how we would celebrate it. Or should I say, celebrate us yes. while the baby is incoherently screaming? 
uh, to the moon. Um, but it's exciting times. And uh, I think I'm really proud of myself and uh, my wife as well uh, for the work we did in this whole year, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and I think this is just going to be a celebration of that. Excellent. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. And um, so, yeah, Leon the Professional. Um, you should probably listen to a quick synopsis of this before we dive in. That sounds good. Matilda is only 12 years old, but is already familiar with the dark side of life. Her abusive father stores drugs for corrupt police officers, and her mother neglects her. Leon, who lives down the hall, tends to his houseplants and works as a hired hitman for mobster Tony. When her family is murdered by crooked DEA agent Stansfield, Matilda joins forces with a reluctant Leon to learn his deadly trade and avenge her family's deaths. And we're back. Uh, so yeah, this is an interesting movie. <laughs> A very interesting film. Um, and, you know, as a, as a professional recorder, I would like to say that I do not want to argue against this film. You I'm don't want to... I'm ah. playing with your mind here. Yeah, yeah. In, in, <laughs> before we started recording, he, he said, I don't want to argue or... So yeah, you're, you're messing with my mind. I, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for whatever. Um, <laughs> let's flip a coin and see what what's going on. Uh, heads or tails? I'm probably gonna go with heads. Heads. All right, I'm gonna be arguing against this film. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll let me know when you're ready, and I'll take the stage. Cool. The stage is yours. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor, ladies and gentlemen, um, and listeners of this wonderful podcast, Leon the Professional is, um, is an interesting film uh, that explores the unlikely and also not feasible relationship between a 12-year-old Matilda and... Um, a hitman who lives opposite a home when the police, the New York police comes in and kills her whole family while she's out going, getting milk. And this movie explores not the loss of her family, not the, the craziness that ensues between um, the police, the corruption, it explores the love relationship between a hitman and a 12-year-old girl. And throughout this movie, I was quite disturbed about the imagery I was getting. Um, and, you know, I watched this movie as a kid when I was much younger. And it it was a good film when I watched it. But getting older, especially when you have a, <laughs> a daughter who is turning one years old, <laughs> it's kind of hard to watch now. It's kind of one of those films that you really appreciated when you were younger because you just thought about like, oh, the amazingness. I got to play with guns. I got to move around with the killer. And now you're like, this is very implausible. Very, very horrible. A lot of the characters were not as well um, fleshed out um, as I would have liked. Um, and at the very end of the film, uh, a lot of the actions that happened left no impact on my soul. So it's 
It's a very strange film because growing up, I really liked this film. But now that I'm older, I feel like there's a lot more flaws to it than I imagined growing up, especially the dialogue. But I'll leave it at that for now. And we can explore this uh, explore this ickiness um, as we go on through the discussions. So that's my story. <laughs> You're sticking to it. Um, so I, I kind of feel like we've seen uh, two completely different movies. So, Leon the Professional is somewhat of a quintessential mid-90s action movie. And um, within that, um, there's a couple things that we explore. And we explore uh, a a very interesting balance, um, kind of a black and white balance of good versus evil, but it's kind of flipped on its head, um, namely in... The Gary Oldman and uh, Jean Reno characters, where the cop is the bad guy and the hitman is the person we are sympathizing with. Um, so that's already twisting expectations on our on our heads. Uh, the acting choices of these two um, also are very um, counterbalancing in a way. Uh, Jean Reno is telling us his character in a very subdued calm way and gary oldman is the the polar opposite of that he's eccentric he's over the top he's um borderline crazy but he's he's also with law enforcement right so um i think there's a lot to unpack there in terms of uh, playing with expectations of uh, job functions in the world and then I think we also see a movie about uh, impulse dealing with grief and uh, wanting to find revenge and kind of having the first instinct be like, they will have to pay for this. And it just so happens to be that uh, Natalie Portman is in cahoots with the hitman. And uh, he's kind of trying to figure out a way to get revenge for the murder of her family. Um, most notably her brother. Uh, it kind of feels like she didn't necessarily care for the, for the other people. So I think this movie has a lot to go for it in that sense, where we explore extremes and characters that are extreme in a way, but but um, it, playing with expectations and with preconceived notions of what we have of uh, of people. And uh, I think there's a lot to unpack there, and it's pretty interesting to watch. So I think this movie should be right here on the list. So it's very interesting you say, you know, you you go through reading articles and you try to figure out how people are trying to express this film in words. And you see a lot of people trying to talk about this film from the perspective of he adopts this girl or he... uh, he takes the girl in after her f- family was killed. Yeah. Um, he opens the door. He opens the door. Um, but I feel like watching the movie, you, you, I felt like the sexualized the character that Matilda was playing. Uh, we saw her in all sorts of weird situations. Granted, Leon never actually made a move on her. Um but it's very weird to watch uh, a 12-year-old kid um, 
being sexualized the way, especially when she did the Marilyn Monroe dance um, in the room. I also felt like uh, there was a lot of weird dialogue. I can tell you that within the first 30 minutes of watching this film, I knew the movie was not made by an American crew because it was talk- they were talked in a lot of cliches. What would an American say in a situation like this? And I felt like that was a conversation that was going on in the dialogue. Um, the day after her parents were killed, um, she's crying in the kitchen and she goes, you know, um, she's, she doesn't, she's not mad that her sister got killed or her mother or dad. She's only mad that her brother got killed. And she was like, I'm, I'm more of a mother to him uh, than that goddamn pig was. Um, and that's her talking about her mom. And within minutes of saying that, uh, they're laughing in the kitchen going, uh, piggy, piggy, where are you? Um, making oinking songs. Um, are you there? Hi, piggy. And you, this is the day after they killed her, her whole family. It felt very, <laughs> very surreal watching it that she wasn't able to grieve. I mean, she tried to take revenge. And I want to talk a little bit about the Gary Oldman character, the person she was trying to take revenge on. At the very beginning of this film, we see him take a pill. He contorts his body in some very weird way and goes, do you hear the sounds? Uh, the sounds of screaming. And, you know, it's it's like, oh, wow. You start the story going, wow, this is going to be an interesting character. They didn't build on that at all in the film. They never built on that. It was just like one moment where he did it. There's a second moment where he sees her in the police uh, bathroom. Um, She has a bag and a gun. Um, He takes the pill, does his dance. He brings his gun close to her. Somebody walks in. And somehow throughout the conversation, uh, Matilda is able to escape. Uh, the police department, uh, because, of course, Leon comes in um, in a taxi, shoots everybody in the police department up <laughs> and grabs her. And you go, this is very unrealistic. And you really have to suspend your disbelief. And the very it's end of the film. Movie. huh? It's an action movie, so I think. It is an action film. Uh, I don't know. I think that it's. <sighs> anyway, like I think, I think Gary Oldman. Th- there's some Hans Gruber. Is that a, a diehard? Um, like there, there's some of that in here, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's some eccentric villain, but the the twist in the villain is that he's actually with law enforcement. I think, and uh, you know they have this crazy person that is that is connected, and. Uh, is the one that's doing all the the bad stuff and is is dealing drugs and is a big drug kingpin. So I mean, well, like at face value, I think that that already is is kind of insane, right? But it's also kind of interesting to see our our expectations being flipped on our heads in that, like because we always feel like law enforcement is the the good, right? The the, the, the good, and he's kind of showing the chaotic good evil side of things and uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's interesting and then the counterpoint is the the professional hitman who's calm cool collected and um you know can take out an, an entire city's police department so um 
I think that's that's interesting. The 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 extra layer there is uh, you know you have the apprentice that's going out for for revenge and is clearly not capable because she is twelve years old, <laughs> right? It's like we have this this. Uh, I think yeah you know when we all grew up and we were kind of that age and like an early teen, like we thought we you know pretty sure everybody at some point kind of felt like we owned this world and we can do anything and i think we see the same in matilda of like the 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 revenge is so strong and the need to have them pay for what they've done is so strong that of course she's going to be a hitman um and of course it's ridiculous but that's i i think it's a very childlike way to approach this problem and i think it's very believable and what you were saying um with the, the the piggy thing, I think the that's just kind of how you try to deal with grief, right? You you try to distract and kind of make people laugh, and um, that's essentially kind of what what happened there. Um, I think it's an interesting point you make. Uh, sorry, I, I kind of synced over there. Um, I think it's an interesting point you make. Uh, and I think that you're you're trying to you know you're trying to say that you know she's a twelve year old girl, she this is how they deal with grief, um, and all of those scenarios. Um, but I also feel like one of the things they try to do to try to smoothen this out is that they try to make Leon seem like he's a bit of a child himself. You know, he's drinking milk. He's doing all sorts of, you know, childish things. He doesn't do anything outside of go downstairs, grab some milk. Um, and he's very reserved. He's very naive, um, which is counter counterbalanced with uh, the job he does, where he has to be cold, calculated, and all of those stuff. So it's, it's almost like um, he has to awaken his soul to do some of the bad things he does. Um, but I can't help but feel also that he's the older of the two and having a kid, uh, sitting in the window, taking shots at people, uh, living in the, in the park, uh, or walking around in the park, uh, for comedic value, apparently, um, because there was the, you know, the, the guy who was jogging and his men just rushed to jump over him while he got shot and he was like, no, it's, I've not been hit. I've not been, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I felt like there wasn't a, there wasn't a, uh, there was both not an adult in the room, but there was also an adult in the room who was teaching these kids inappropriate things. Um, she wants to be a professional killer too. She has unsolicited feelings for him. Um, it was all too much in the film. Um, and he, granted, Leon, I don't know. Some of it was reciprocated because at the very last minute, he held on, squeezed his hands, squeezed their hands and put it through the vent, uh, saying that I, I love you. Um, but in, and it, he talked to her like she was an adult in some scenes um, and not like he was her dad or an adopted father it seemed like they had a they had a maybe it was uh, uh, uh should i say the relationship was never taken beyond what we saw on screen but it also felt very 
uncomfortable to watch um, somebody who was that old deal with a kid that young, letting her sleep in the bed, letting her get drunk, uh, teaching her how to kill. Um, and I think a lot of people, in, even within the world of the film, found it inappropriate. Tony, for example, found the whole relationship inappropriate, and he was very uncomfortable with it, especially at the end when she comes in. She's, she says she wants to be a cleaner too. Uh, and he was like, yeah, playtime is over, kid. You know, um, there's a there's a bit of naivete to a lot of things that are going on in this film. And yeah. like I said, it's it's it feels like this movie was written in the twists were the most important parts of this film, I feel, right? The cop, the, the cop being the bad guy. Um, the problem is, we have had many films where cops are the bad guys, right? So it's not necessarily new, right? Um, the twist at the end where he's walking towards the light and he gets shot. Um, there, I think it was kind of like following the formula of the films that had come out around that time, saying, okay, you're walking towards the light. It's a, it's a bright light, but, oh, there's somebody behind you. Um, and he gets shot and he gets killed. Um, it's almost like the director in this film was trying to write this movie, talking about sort of the big, um, big twist that you can have in films. And then what if we turn it on their head? What if we turn this on their head? What if we turn this particular plot point on their head? So this movie was a movie about plot. It's, I think that's basically what I'm trying to get at. It's a plot film where the, the director of this film was... Um, wanted to continually change, uh, uh, force the expectations of the viewer to be off, but I don't think he's able to achieve that at all. Um, but probably because I've seen it before. Maybe that's the reason why. But there's some films that we've watched on this list where, despite the fact that I've seen it before, the movie still has a lot of impact the second time around. This movie didn't have a lot of depth. I I think we talked about um, the one about the Fight Club film. And when we talked about the Fight Club film, one of the things that I talked about was the impact that the Fight Club film had the first time and the second time of watching. Then you, where you start to notice things that you didn't notice before, um, things like the flashing lights and you see the character appear while the lights were flashing in his head. Um, this movie didn't have any of that. There was no depth beyond that. You watch the film the first time, you watch the film the second time. It's the same level of depth. There is no, there, there are no, there are no Easter eggs to follow. There's no additional layers that I feel like we can gain from this. Um, once the twists are over, the twists are over. I, what I'm basically trying to say is this movie is very shallow. Uh, that's my long-winded rant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, interesting. I, I, I do think you said naivete um, for Jean Reno's character, Leon. Um, I think the, the there's something there, in a way. But uh, it it's I think there's a way to interpret that too as a weird form of childlike innocence. Mm -hmm. But he 
he's clearly not, right? Because he's this this crazy hitman. Um, so I think that's that's interesting to to explore a little further. It's interesting that he's so based on routine, and I wonder if a big part of that is because he cannot read. So he's just sticking with what's familiar to him. And it kind of feels like Milk is, is kind of the perfect example for that, where he recognizes what it is. Like, that's the one thing he can rely on. He knows, you know, that's Milk, I, and I like Milk, that's fine. Um, because he's not... He, he, he didn't used to be able to... Uh, branch out and kind of understand what all the other things, all the other choices are, right? So he's he's just kind of stuck in this routine that he has. Um, and then Matilda breaks him out of that because she teaches him something. And it's kind of this uh, tit-for-tat kind of situation of, I teach you how to to become an adult and be able to read, in quotes, right? Uh, and you teach me how to become an adult and clean, so it's uh, I think there's a lot there to to further kind of explore and, and kind of understand and talk about if you wanted to. But um, like at face value, I think the so and that's kind of the most interesting part of this, the relationship between them. And I mean, you you you're saying it's it's icky. I think you can also make kind of a, a decent argument that it's kind of innocence versus um, destruction, for lack of a better term, right? So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I think it's not as shallow as you make it out to be. So one of the interesting things you mentioned was that, uh, I mean, I mentioned it also is that, um, the character is very childlike, mm-hmm. but we also—I also feel like he masks a lot of death because he definitely—he um, says a lot of things. Uh, I mean, for example, you mentioned the fact that you know nothing is the same after you kill uh, somebody for the very first time, and your life is changed forever. It's one of the things he told Matilda. He also told her to. Uh, not pursue revenge, and one of the better things to do is just to forget. So, um, I I feel like it's, it becomes a question of is he masking his real self under this cloak of naivete? Um, and I I honestly can't just get I can also can't get over the fact that um, the movie feels like a film that was made by. <laughs> like French people in America using cliches of America to make the films, which is what happened really. Um, but yeah, maybe this is just, but I mean, is, is, is that wrong though? I think the, the, you know, the, the, the culture always kind of seeps in, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I can, there, there's lots of movies that are made in America about Germany, and they're very clearly only showing the American version of, like, the, the American idea of Germany. That's fair. Right? So, That's fair. So, do we... 
do we take that uh, kind of as a as a huge negative point? I think it's it's just one of those things of um, they don't know better or they don't you know they just want to commit to the story in the in the sense that they feel is appropriate at that time. Uh, but the thing about it is, when you watch the films, do you go, "Well, this is a this is an American interpretation of what Germany really is like," or do you go, "Wow, great job, guys! You guys did a great job of portraying Germany the way it's supposed to be." Well, I think it depends on how how it all fits in the you know in in the story. I don't. So it's, I think what I'm trying to get at is the American thought ideal of germany is is very lederhosen and and all that right mm-hmm. which is not necessarily accurate um for great parts of the country mm-hmm. but there's a difference of kind of using that as a caricature and, and kind of poking fun or using it as a way to anchor the location kind of in a very recognizable manner and kind of, you know, the audience knows exactly, oh, we're in Germany. Okay, got it. Cool, right? Um, and if if you just want to achieve that, I think it's perfectly valid. It's not necessarily the, the most accurate form, but the most accurate form is kind of vanilla and not recognizable, right? So you're trying to go for something that is recognizable and, and uh, frames where you are and, and kind of frames where you want to go with the story. And I think the... The same goes for this, where sure it's kind of American cliches to a degree, but I also think it's it's believable enough that this feels like New York and feels like Upper Manhattan in a way. Um, I would I would think, um, and it's it's believable enough in that, and and that's enough. That's all we need. Um, and I mean, from from a cliche standpoint, the dialogue, okay, I think, but is the extension of that um, an argument that people that are not from this country are not capable of making compelling or entertaining movies uh, about a country that they're not from? I feel like that's a little weird argument. Know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> all right i i guess <laughs> I, I get your point gotcha i get your point i get your point all right should we do you have anything else should we we can i first? guess we can talk talk about the general form uh for this film of the rules sidebar guilty speculation hearsay bailiff briefcase disregard in my chambers stop beaver on the witness arrest we could totally be lawyers one of the things that i would give this movie props for uh is probably the scenery and the use of the camera work the camera work is very nice uh there are lots of good scenes lots of uh well well lightened scenes the music was okay i thought the music was pretty good too um uh, I don't know. It's such a weird film to think about now. Um, but I, I, I get the point you were trying to make. But I, I, I also feel I, I'm a little bit more uncomfortable with this film now that I'm older than when I watched it the first time. Um, 
and there are a lot of there are a couple of things that I don't buy anymore. You know, the idea that you know the character of Leon was mentally handicapped. I don't think so. I think mentally handicapped would allow for a scenario where you don't get uncomfortable with what was going on, uh, the sexual tension that was occurring. Um, but he seemed coherent and he made decisions. Um, so I don't buy the mentally handicapped part, but I do, I do appreciate like some of the action scenes. Um, I do appreciate the very end where, uh, he almost escaped, but I also didn't buy that when he was stuck into the other police officers and says, I want to put on my mask. The officer was like, didn't go, wait a minute. What is up with this accent? You're from the third precinct. (laughs) I want to put on my mask because I can breathe better. Yeah. <laughs> um, Slow clap. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's it's. I think the international court court was um, was a little bit more disturbing than the American court, and I think I watched the international court courts because I saw a lot of the things they the, about the over sexualization of the character. Um, about, you know, the love and all of those things. So maybe that is, you know, what is making me a little bit more uncomfortable about this Oh, I mean, so I think it would have been, like, I I, I wanted to argue against this too because this is some groomer, like, BS, this movie. Mm. (laughs) Like, uh, I I still think that the arguments that I brought forward are, are valid in a way, but this movie is... A lot of what you said there's a lot of iffiness and it feels very groomer it feels very pedo and it's 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 gross it's really yeah. gross it's really really gross uh especially what you mentioned with with the marilyn monroe it's like mm-hmm. oh she's 12 years old what are you doing <laughs> right and yeah it's it's so over the top this movie too it's uh i remember the first time watching this fondly with a friend of mine in germany and um, like that whole evening was was a lot of fun, but mm-hmm. it, it's just even then it was clearly it was very obvious to us that it's it, that there's some weirdness going on, and it's just so over the top at the end when like two hundred cops like you know grow uh, get into that house and we need everybody, we need everybody, and you know we were like we need the tanks, and it's like it's just one dude, <laughs> like come on now. It's so ridiculous. It's so 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 stupid. Um, and Gary Oldman is just overacting the crap out of this. It's yep. insane what he's doing. These pills are so. It's not explained. Like, what is that even about? Why is he know. doing his weird contortions when he takes them? And <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? It's just a fever dream. This movie. It's insane. And, and 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 then it's so iffy and so icky too, and because of that weird tension between them, and it feels very not appropriate. Absolutely. And, and it's it's so and it's so cliche too. Like in the beginning, when when they go to Matilda's parents, 
and it's like the village people of bad guys. You have the dude in the leather jacket. You have the dude in a suit. You have the dude with dreadlocks. You have the, you know, and the dude with dreadlocks finds the drugs. And it's like, what are you even doing here? So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's where the argument I made about it's like people who don't understand America making an American film. That's where it all came from because they just kept going. So this, so this is the weird thing, and I don't think this is something that I generally do when I'm reviewing films. Um, as I was watching this film, I got more and more uncomfortable, and I was like, what is he trying to justify in this film? And then I started to do some research, and I found out that, you know, he married this Lebesco lady. He met her when she was 12. Ooh. They got married when he was 15, and she gave birth when she was 16. Yikes. And... It just gave me vibes like this movie was like him trying to justify every single thing that he did in his life to that point. The irony is three years later, he met Mila Jovovich during the filming of The Fifth Element and he left this 19-year-old girl for Mila Jovovich. Um, and for me, this was like a a way for him to justify his own lifestyle <laughs> and make other people <laughs> like what he does because i don't know who is asking to see a 12 year old dressed like marilyn monroe and get drunk and talk like an adult i don't know what he's trying to do so i don't generally do that for many movies but i got so icky watching this film that i was like i feel like the the director has done this before and then I Googled it and I was like, well, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the irony is when I watched it when I was younger, I didn't feel any of this. I just thought, oh, it's a cool movie, great scenes, great action. Now that I'm older, it's like, oh, man, this is really, really horrible. This is really, really bad. Anyway. Yeah, I'm just reading up on that. Wow. So he started dating a 15-year-old when he was 31. And she she was pregnant with their daughter when he she married was her. He married her when she was fifteen, and they had a kid when she was sixteen. And he was thirty-one. That's insane. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> what a douchebag. Um. It's it, yeah yeah. This movie is is just insane, and it's. And really not in a good way. Like, none of the performances are really good either, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Gary Oldman is is overacting. I read something where Luke Besson was was telling Gary Oldman to, you know, gloves are off, you can do whatever you want because you're balancing out the very subdued Leon. Mm. But come on now. Um, I, I don't think anybody in with with the job we don't even know what he did as a job he's just this 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 law enforcement figure but we don't even know mm-hmm. how high it was but he seemed to be pretty high and influential yeah. and kind of was... all knowing you know like that whole interaction between him and her in the bathroom that felt like it went on forever mm-hmm. and it's it's like yeah he's just so perceptive of everything that he he just knows she's out to get him <laughs> uh, it, it, everything feels very forced right 
And I, I think that's a good way to put it. Everything feels very forced. Yeah, and I think, yeah. Anyway, go on. No, 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 no. And and uh, that's one big flaw of this. Um, it, nothing feels very. Um, there's no real tension in a way. I don't think. Uh, and and at least I didn't feel any like I. In that interaction in the bathroom, I did not fear for her life because I was pretty certain she's not going to kick the bucket that early on. Maybe towards the end, but it, it was very unlikely that she's going to die. right? So that tension is completely out, out of the, the thing. Then when Leon breaks her free from the, from the station, that's kind of played for laughs, where he's just telling the cab driver, stay here for 10 minutes, I'll be back. And he takes over the security guards in the entrance, grabs her, shoots the two cops, and that's it. And then comes back. And then it's all like, well, you took longer. And, well, yeah, okay. So there, that whole rescue scene was not really... There, there's, there was no tension. And then at the end, like I said, it just goes crazier and crazier when they, mm-hmm. when they pile on the cops and, um, like, shoot rockets <laughs> at, at a, bombs into an apartment bomb. building it's like what are you doing like it's one dude like come on now um clearly there, there's got to be a way to to end this man um other than that so it, yeah it stakes never felt really high and that, that that's one of the downsides of this i think Go ahead. yeah there's a lot of there's a I think I mentioned this, like this movie was a movie written about plot and mm-hmm. there's a lot of plot armor everywhere yeah. where it's like the director had the plot in his mind and he decided to just go with it and put cliches in every single place to fill the holes between the plot points he wanted to communicate with the people. Yeah. Um, it's, Luc it's, Besson always right. does overacting in his films. The fifth element, which I really like, um, is filled with characters that were overacting, um, which is fine. Um, but yeah, there was depth to some of the overacting in the fifth element, like the character played by uh, what's his, um, the black character who had the mic uh, that was over the top um, that the character of Bruce Willis met um, in the in the station you kind of figured out that they were balancing each other out so i think this is something that he tries to do in all his films but um jean reno was a character that also was imbalanced and then you had a character that was over the top who was trying to balance an imbalanced unbalanced character and the movie just falls apart from that perspective um, so it just feels over the top with no way to f- build the foundations. If it was a situation where the main character was like, no 12 year old girl, you will sleep on the couch. I will sleep on the bed. Then the over, over the top action would, the over the top character would at least be more plausible, but then we don't have a good foundation for the main character. And then we have a character who's over the top and then there's twists and you're like, okay, this movie is doing too much. At this very time, um, it's a little bit hard. It's a little yeah. bit hard to watch. It, it it just feels like he started writing this based on his own relationship and trying to make a 
old old dude and young woman relationship story, right? And he built this action framing around it, and it's just crazy and over the top. But he 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 kind of hides the ickiness of the relationship with the over the top action. It's kind of wild. Another point that that uh, you reminded me of is like he so so Leon kills one of the cops who is, I guess, part of the 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 mob the mob, mm-hmm. right at the at the um, Asian mob place. Yeah. And Gary Oldman goes to to the mob and is like, "Hey, one of your your guys, like my my guys, told me an Italian came in and 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 did this." And I'm like, "Where in the world does Jean Reno convince anybody that he's Italian? <laughs> <laughs> Ever?" <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> yeah, that part was confusing. To be fair. <laughs> There's no he's wired guns. He's not part of the mob. There's nothing Italian about him. No, he's <laughs> hired by the by the mob, but he's not Italian at all. He's not part of oh, the. And it's yep. <laughs> it's just like I I need my mask on so I can breathe better. <laughs> no one ever. Oh my god! And he said it with such a strong oh. accent. I don't know why the New York cop didn't go, huh? What did you say you were from? I, <laughs> yeah. Oh man! All right. So I, I gotta ask: Do you think this movie deserves to be on this list? No. Okay, thank God, <laughs> because I think you did such a good job arguing for the film. I was almost convinced that you actually thought it should be on the list. <laughs> man, this movie was, yeah, something else. Look, I, 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 I've been. A, I like some Luc Besson films. He always does over the top things, so it's just not like out of his wheelhouse. But this movie is, uh, oh, it's definitely uh, something else. I don't think now that I'm older, I can watch this film and feel comfortable watching some of the ideas being portrayed in it. It's very, yeah. very, very, very Ugh. bad. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, I think that's all I have to say about this. Yeah. I, I don't want to give it more air. <laughs> Because it's gross. Shower after watching that. Yeah, for real. I I couldn't finish it the first night. I just kept going, what? Oh, why? Why is she drunk? Marilyn Monroe? Madonna in in lingerie. Exactly. It was so (laughs) bad. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, Raji. Yeah, it's, where can people it's, find us? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, they can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at Movie Mistrial, and uh, how can they reach us via email? Contact at moviemistrial.com. And if you you know if you like this, uh, leave us a review. It always helps. Raji, next up, Parasite. Oh, now that's a good film. No need for any pedophilic thoughts watching that one. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and with that, we'll leave you. All Thanks right. for listening. Ciao. <laughs>